Welcome to Mortgage Broker Acceleration with Broker Ideas Group. Being a successful mortgage broker is not about how many loans you write, working hard, or winning awards. It's about building a high-performing business that works with or without you. If you want smarter, proven ideas to accelerate your business, keep listening. If you want to accelerate even faster, visit brokerideasgroup.com.au. That's brokerideasgroup.com.au. Now it's time to accelerate. It's over to your hosts. Hey everyone, it's James Vagley here. Welcome to another episode of the MBA podcast. It's March 2024 and we're at 176 episodes in and strong. Mr. Playstead, how are you doing today? We are cracking on 2024, hey? Loving it. Uh, I'm going really well, James. What's up with you? Oh, the usual. Things are well. Things are good. Rolling. Listeners, are you rolling? Hopefully you're doing good too. Uh, Today, we've got an interesting topic, as always. We're talking referral partners. And in fact, this month, we're talking about key partners in general. So strap in. We're going to talk all things referral partners over the next few weeks. Today is all about the referral partner friend zone. We don't want to be in the friend zone. We want to try and avoid it or escape it. Um, Ash, there's nothing worse than being in the friend zone. Like this is a bit of a relationship term, but this can totally be a business term as well. We don't want to be in the friend zone with our clients. We don't want to be in the friend zone with our referral partners. Business is business. We want to drive outcomes and results. We can't do that necessarily by just being their friend. Now, we can, of course, be cool and ourselves and authentic and have some fun with it. But we want to talk today to our listeners about why being in the friend zone is not the place to be when it comes to referral partners. So um, before we get into avoiding or escaping, let's just kick this off and see what you've got to say. Where to even start, right? Look, where where does the friend zone come from? I I think you can uh, tackle this from a few different perspectives. But for me, the friend zone, particularly working with um, referral partners such as real estate agents and others who, who tend to deal with transactions uh, that have an urgency around them. I think the friend zone emerges from a relationship that neither party wants to say is not working or they don't particularly desire it. So it's easier to stay someone's friend than it is to say no. And I think this is often where the friend zone with referral partners as it seeds. Um, but of course, as you said, James, of course you want to be friends with your referral partners and business associates and respect each other and add value. All of those things collectively are important, but the friend zone tends to override the others. There's a mechanism for the referrer to avoid the commitment that's required mm-hmm. for the relationship to work. Well, that makes perfect sense, right? Uh, people love to save face. Um, listeners, imagine you're catching up with someone, potential referral partner. They've agreed to take your phone call. They've agreed to a meeting or a coffee. It's all pleasant, but you haven't got any referrals. You're in the friend zone. So people will typically not want to say, you know what, we're happy. I don't think this is the right fit for us. You know, all the best finding a, you know, partner to work with. They would rather hang around and sit in that friend zone kind of hoping. Do you think that's kind of what... Uh, is going on like the broker's not really acknowledging that this is not the right fit and we'd keep pushing or banging your head against the wall hoping that it's going to work when it's actually just not the right fit. Do you think that's really what's going on? 
Oh, definitely part of it. Part of it. The psychology of it's quite interesting, right? And I was in, while I was speaking, I was thinking to myself, well, what is the opposite of the friend zone? The friend zone is what we might call here in Australia having more front than Myers, right? I don't know if you remember that term, James, when Myers was a retail behemoth. Um, so more front than Myers means you'll basically meet a referral partner for the very first time. And the first words out of your mouth after saying hello are, hello, I'm Ash. I want business from you. Have you got any for me? <laughs> so that's that sort of really brutal, give me the business approach. Um, at the other end is the friend zone where there is some a lack of skill, lack of knowledge, lack of uh, scripting almost on what to say to take the relationship to the next level and how to measure whether it's progressed to the next level. So I think those two are the ends of the spectrum. I think the best place to be is in the middle where you do have a friendship and a relationship, but you also have the ability to ask for and receive the business or ask for the business and not receive it and make a decision that the relationship is not worth nurturing any longer. We don't want a lot of friends as referral partners. We want a lot of producers. Um, the friendship can support the production, but the friendship without the production is just somebody that you know. Mm, I like that. I agree because um, I always say that life's too short to do business with people you don't enjoy hanging out with, right? So I think for our listeners, it's assumed that you're going to do business and partner with people you also like. But if we have the, I like them, there's rapport, you've also got to put the business hat on and lead and control the relationship and actually have a clear outcome for it because oftentimes people just slide back into that friend comfort zone. You do want to do work together. And listeners, you've probably got this, that accountant, real estate agent, financial planner, whoever, whoever it is, likes you, knows you, trusts you, says things like, yes, let's do stuff, let's do stuff. But then no one's really leading and in control, so nothing ever happens. So maybe, Ash, we can talk about the avoiding and escaping it. Um, kind of the same thing uh, unless you think there's a difference uh do you think there's a difference between avoiding it from the start and how to reset maybe we do the reset one first because a lot of people most of our listeners i'm guessing will have referral partners unless you're brand new you know people but i'm guessing they're not sending you regular consistent weekly referrals and if that's the case in the friend zone so let's talk about how to escape with existing partners ash yeah, look, and it, it's a really good question. And a lot of it is contextualized by where you are in the journey as a broker. I mean, if you're starting out as a broker yesterday, every referral partner is potentially a friend and vice versa. If you've been doing this for 10 years, you might have 20 supposed referral partners, 15 of which are friends who don't send you any business, and five are that actually send you business. So how do you escape this? Well, for me, you mentioned the magic word before, James. It's about being clear on a outcome. Now, what is the outcome and over what time or frequency could the outcome be achieved? So my starting point would be to go, okay, agent, accountant, plan. Um, you know, I've built a business that enables me to invest in the relationship. I want to be able to serve more customers um, and add value to you and your your business. So how long? Do you think it can take you to refer me a couple of clients? And if you need any support or input from me on when and how to do that, 
just let me know. So I think at the end of the day, the way I would approach it would be to create an, an almost unavoidable obligation on that partner, that friend, to refer you a client. And they either do or they don't. I've always said, James, one of my golden rules is the referral partner should be able to send you their first referral within 14 days. If they say they're going to, but they don't, they're not being straight with you at the end of the day. Right? And I know a lot of agents, as a lot of brokers probably do, and having worked with a lot of agents over the years, a lot of good people and a mix of everything else, like in any industry. But they tend to work in an industry where saying yes is the default. They don't say no. They don't say no to this and they don't say no to opportunities. So I think when it comes to working with a broker, agent default for making you feel like there's a potential relationship and it's not even necessarily their fault. They are not necessarily skilled on how to grow the relationship and make it productive. That honestly comes down to the broker, not to the agent. And I think that's where a lot of the, I guess, the uh, the road diverges between what could be a productive friendship and an unproductive friendship is, I don't know, have you ever been in a situation, James, where for one reason or another, a little lie escapes out of your mouth? And I, I would say, for example, you bump into somebody that you've known for years and you can't remember their name and you've got a, another friend with you and you, you can't remember the person's name to introduce them. So you go with mate. Well, once you've, once, once you've gone with mate and you can't remember their name, You've, the opportunity to say, look, sorry, I forgot your name. What was it again? Is gone, right? <laughs> so you're stuck with that little lie. Now, I mm -hmm. think it happens with these relationships a bit too. I think the broker, you'll meet an agent or a referral partner. They'll make all the right noises. You'll make all the right noises. Because you haven't explicitly asked for the business, it creates this little vacuum that is very difficult to step back into if you haven't addressed it up front. It and is. that's where the friend zone emerges. Yeah. And I, I'd say our listeners are sitting there going, yeah, that makes sense, Ash. That's great. But but the question I'm guessing they, they have is, well, how long do I keep trying? Because that, that's a question we get on our Q&As sessions with our members too, right? I've, I've tried this. I'm trying to build partners. And you said it before, if they don't give you business in the first 14 days, et cetera, there's like, but how long to keep trying? Like, but they'll give you those breadcrumbs and there's that trail of hope perhaps. So you know, if it was you, how long would you keep trying before you just friendly, friendlily, if that's even a word, cut your losses? Why I approach this and I always have is to categorise referral partners into essentially three categories. You can give them whatever label you like, but I was just gold, silver and bronze, right? So bronze are everybody. Everybody that I've spoken to who's a friend who who either has said they would or have referred me one or two clients in the past. B are the higher value prospects who could become gold level referral partners. And gold are the small group of three, four, five referral partners who send you business basically every week or every fortnight. So I think for me, it's about understanding if you're talking or if you're chasing up 20 different referral partners and you're giving them all equal time, you're doing it wrong. Right? What you've got to do is say, well, okay, if I've visited that referral partner, say, twice, 
to me, it's twice to answer your question specifically. Now, I will say, right, listeners, viewers, it is contextual and relative. If you're building a long-term relationship with a big organisation that takes time to mature and nurture, that would probably be a separate discussion. But if you're talking about one-on-one relationships with an individual person who sells real estate, who's an accountant, who's a financial advisor, or one of those sectors, I would say if you haven't got your first referral after visiting them twice and saying the right things, you need to move on. To me, continuing to give all of your effort beyond the second or even third meeting max is you're kidding yourself, right? So what you want, James, is a, I guess, levels of friendships between gold, silver, and bronze. So everybody can be in bronze. So I would have a contact plan with the bronze. Don't get me wrong. But you just don't visit them every week, right? They might get a newsletter once a month. You might send something to them and occasionally pop into their office once every six months. You're not looking for business from them. You're just nurturing a relationship, right? B, somewhere in between that have got a potential to become A and you get business from time to time and you might visit them personally once a month, once every couple of months, and they're also getting newsletters and other things. Gold are the ones that you visit constantly and you pour all your energy into. So to get to that level, that might be your next question, right? How do you go from a bunch of friends to gold, silver, and bronze? Well, you've got to work out what your expectations are, what your outcomes are. And if your outcomes are, if I haven't got a referral, a decent one within the first two or maximum three visits, what are you expecting is going to change in visit four, five, six, or seven? Are they suddenly going to be talking to customers that were different? So I... Without sounding simplistic about it, if you're visiting referral partners more than two or three times and still not getting business, I'm here to tell you, listeners, it's not them, it's you. <laughs> Harsh, but true. No, that's, that's true. very that's true. It's not your fault intentionally, but it's your responsibility to make a change. Yeah, and it's it's and listeners, this is never a, a personal attack on you it just could be that you and that partner are not right for each other that's you know it's not a they don't like you they're blah 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 you don't take it personally um but you move on i just wanted to call out ash because you you brought up the gold silver and bronze and as you were talking it through i sort of thought for our listeners in a way it becomes a bit like a numbers game so when we're thinking about avoiding the friend zone i like thinking about the bronze and silver and gold because just by putting people into buckets, we're going to have a framework for avoiding that friend zone, right? Because you'll go, here's the bucket, gold, silver, bronze. If they do this, then they go in this bucket. And it's kind of like relying on the, I'm going to put my best foot forward. And it's a numbers game and the cream's going to rise to the, the top, right? Like the people that do connect with me and are proactive, the people that are meant to be my partners will eventually sort them self-select and then they'll be in the gold zone where you've predetermined that you will be valuable to them you will you know build a relationship with them etc etc so um uh, in a way when i think about this idea of how to avoid or escape the friend zone just thinking about it in the way you outlined with the gold silver and bronze and thinking of like it's not about me it's a numbers game i just need to find people i connect with that get it 
And there will be three or four or five that will sit in the gold zone and be my key partners. I just have to wait till I find them. And I'm not going to put all on my eggs and energy into baskets that aren't fruitful. Um, so I like the way you frameworked it in a way to help our listeners. Well, you can start with a perspective of being friends with everybody, right? I mean, I said I sent out 180 letters when I started broking to every real estate agent and accountant and planner in my local area, right, with an intention to be friends with all of them. I mean, how naive was I? <laughs> Very naive. But, you know, this might resonate with listeners. You know, I've got to speak to everybody. That's fine. But it's a filtering process. That's what I've learned over the years and what I uh, advocate and teach now is you can start with a broader level of contact. Then you need to have criteria, as you said, James, for people to self-select or for you to intentionally select them. You can still make a, um, retain a friendship with a C-level real estate agent. That's no problem if that's what you want to do. Just don't include them in your referral partners. Include them in your friends. That's it. <laughs> Like yeah. the, ones that, the ones that drop down to B and C are based on an exchange of value based around referrals. That's it. It cannot be anything else. Um, and then, of course, a separate discussion, discussion, of course, is what we work with our clients with, James, is the methodology and the mindset and the teaching and, and the process to actually articulate your value proposition in a way that extracts referrals <laughs> from the right people and filters out the wrong people. Exactly. Um, that was probably the other thing I was going to add for our listeners, Ash, around, you know, how to avoid or escape, um, which is the key word, I think, is um, having, well, number one, what you outlined in terms of having a outcome in mind, having a framework for it. But one of the key ones I'd like to share, I guess, for our listeners is making sure you maintain status and control um, you know, avoiding the friend zone is easy if you treat it like a business uh, proposition where you're needing or wanting to get a particular outcome. Like if you're thinking the idea to get business is to meet for coffees and lunches and if you get along, they'll just send business straight into the friend zone. But if you have those coffees and lunches but you show up to those meetings with a an agenda, it doesn't have to be a heavy agenda, but you've got an agenda. You're someone that's going places you have something to add to this person's business. You can add value to them, add value to their clients. You're wanting to, you're ambitious. People will pick up on that. And they like people, they like to align themselves with people that are also going places and that are successful. So the easiest way to do that is simply to have a bit of an agenda. And this is the stuff we work with our clients on, of course, Ash, specifics of what to say, when to say, and how to move that relationship onwards. And probably a lot of the mindset around how to show up that way and feel confident in doing that. Uh, and that's, of course, you know, the work that we do with our members. And, and it works really well when you when you get it right. Um, you can be friends and get referrals and avoid the friend zone. Well, totally. And, and there's even a step back from this, which is your strategy. Right. What is your winning strategy with referral partners? And I know that um, you know, I was very clear about my winning strategy, you know, how much business I wanted out the back door, which reverse engineered to how many referrals I needed coming in the front door. And people had a very short window of time to contribute to that with me. 
if they didn't, you know, not that I didn't want to be their friend, it's just that I've got a business to run, right? So there's that part. And the other part would be for everybody that is a broker themselves or is hiring brokers, you've got to be really, really clear with yourself and with 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 your people and even with your partners that you're not getting paid, so to speak, to stack up opportunities. You're getting paid to extract outcomes. That's the key thing. Like nobody makes money backing up opportunities. Right? Oh, here's how many referral partners I've spoken to. And this is the paradox, right, James, is the right activity is very, very important. The right behavior is very, very important to discipline yourself to follow that habitual behavior. However, the flip side of that is you've got to have some metrics in place that go, you know what? I've got to focus on those that give me the business and and step away from the ones that are just opportunities but haven't delivered anything. So this is something I used to see a lot, people reporting back in saying, oh, I've got all these people I'm talking to. And how many of them have given you business uh, or none so far? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So at what point are you going to make a selection and go, you know what? All of you that said you were going to give me business that haven't, you're out. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's the part. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I love that you brought that up because, you know, what do we actually want? What's the purpose of getting referral partners? And you, you tied it in the formula of, if I want to settle this much business a month, how many meetings do I need? How many referrals do I need? Great. I want 20 referrals a month. Great. I'm going to go and get myself five people that can give me four referrals each. And I'm going to hold those referral partners accountable to sending me that many leads every week or month. It's it's not that hard, but it starts with, I guess, the intention and knowing what you want. And then, of course, knowing exactly how to do it, what to say and all that sort of stuff. So um, if, do you have anything else, Ash? You know, in terms of the friend zone, there's a lot of nuance to this, of course. There's mindset, there's strategy frameworks. I think we've given a a broad overview of how to avoid and escape this friend zone um, without diving sort of too much into, you know, the nitty gritty. Is there anything that you think we've missed that our listeners might uh, need to know? Maybe we need another episode on the psychology side of it, James, but there is a lot around the psychology. And my motherhood statement on this is that referral partners have the level of conviction to send you business that's commensurate with your level of conviction in getting the business and asking for the business. So the the referral partner will only deliver you referrals in equal proportion to the level of conviction that you have in yourself and what you're saying. Oh, I like that. That, That's a little teaser, I think, for next week. We uh, Listeners, we are doing a bit of a mindset uh, one next week when it comes to referral partners. So you'll have to wait seven days for that to drop. But uh, yeah. Watch out for that. We're going to dive next week into the mindset for building amazing referral partnerships. That'll be fun. Ash, um, been a pleasure today. As always, listeners, hope you're well and doing a great first quarter of the year. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you in a week's time for some more referral partner action. Put our psychology hats on for next week, James. I've really enjoyed this one and I hope everyone else has too. Likewise. Good stuff. See everybody. Have a great day. Thanks for joining this episode of Mortgage Broker Acceleration with Broker Ideas Group. To keep getting smarter, proven ideas in your inbox every week, subscribe to the podcast now over at brokerideasgroup.com.au forward slash podcast. If you want to accelerate even faster, 
access our proven, results-driven programs, live events and free resources available at brokerideasgroup.com.au. That's brokerideasgroup.com.au. And until next time, remember, life's too short to play small. So dream big, believe big and go big with Broker Ideas Group.